Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. What up, what up, what up? How's everybody feeling? We did, uh, thank you, we did uh, electives today, yes? Who did something amazing? I did archery tag. I mean, is that what it's called? I don't know. I was not there. We did archery tag with Ace. Archery tag with Ace. Nice. Okay, do you want to say something? I went zip lining. Zip lining. Who else went zip lining? Yeah. (laughs) Tundra, thank you for the enthusiasm. You guys, okay. Oh, Are you guys going to dog Sparrow right now? Thank you. I was hoping you would. (laughs) Uh, We're thankful thankful for Sparrow. We are. Who else is thankful for Sparrow? Come on. Anybody else? Uh, what did we, what did we, anybody, who else played paintball? Anybody? Hang on, I got you yesterday. I'll go right here. Okay. Oh, yeah, we all played paintball. Me, Briscoe, Aiden. Yeah, it was really fun. Cool. Was it, was it paintball, zipline, archery tag? Am I missing anything? No, it was those three. Okay, cool. Well, I'm glad you guys have had a uh, fun time today. Um, to quickly recap what we've been talking about in here, um, Sunday night, we uh, got to this place where we defined freedom fully, completely. Um, freedom from the burdens of things outside, freedom uh, from the power of sin inside, and freedom to, right? It's not just freedom from, it's freedom to. Uh, and we looked at this verse uh, in Hebrews chapter 12. Let's lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely that us run with endurance the race that's set before us. Last night, we said in order to implement this uh, concept into our life, we need to let go of our current metrics of success. It's not career accomplishments. It's not academic success. It's not money. It's not popular. It's none of those things. Um, and we need to adopt an eternal perspective, one that looks beyond this life to what God says is valuable, what God says is worthwhile. And then just buckle up because it's, it's a wild ride, um, but God is good. And we finished that um, passage from Hebrews, lay aside the sin and the weight, let's run uh, our race looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. And we talked about if that's the guy we're following who ended his physical life on earth hanging, bloodied, disfigured from a cross, then obviously we need to change our metrics of success <laughs> um, because that doesn't look like success to the world. Um, tonight, I want to... Um, We talked about this a little bit the other night, but the idea of being totally, completely free uh, from anything, right? Um, Even, not even looking at scripture, um, we can, the very fact that we have physical needs shows us that we're not completely free, right? The fact that if you want to keep on living, you have to eat food, drink water, sleep. Those are three. Is there anything else that you have to do in order to keep living? Those are the three I thought of. You have to what? 
breathe. Oh my gosh, that's like the fastest way to die is without that one. I forgot about that one. Um, uh, I guess, yeah, like your organs, we could really go down the rabbit hole. But we have these physical needs, right? That, that just shows us once again in, in another way. Um, the fact that you have those shows that you're not this um, totally free person. You're not free from any external force that might um, change your resolve. We're going to look at uh, a couple stories tonight from Scripture about some people who came up against some physical needs. Uh, the first takes place in 2 Kings chapter 6. It tells the story of a, a battle, a war between um, Aram and Syria, or I'm sorry, Samaria. And so Aram uh, basically lays siege to Samaria. So what this is, is they surround the city. Back in the day, most, if not all, of these like big cities had these huge walls built around them. That was like how they stayed safe, right? So a, a really savage military strategy would be to surround the city with your forces so that no supplies could get in, like food, and no people could get out without being captured or killed, right? So basically, what you have with you is all that you now have. And in time, the goal was either we're going to force them to surrender because they're going to get so hungry, so desperate, their needs are going to exceed their capacity to, to deal with them, or they will start to just drop dead inside the city. And when everybody's dead... We go in, we take over, right? So that's what's happening in Samaria. This, this kingdom of Aram has done that. And scripture tells us that there's a woman who got so hungry, so desperate, she cooked and ate her own son. Nuts, right? Crazy, all right? Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't... I forget what I looked up to to find this picture. This is not her. They didn't have cameras back then. <laughs> I just Googled, like, sad woman or something like that. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this is from a, a, a screenshot from a horror movie. I don't know. But basically, here's the thing. Even though this woman was an Israelite, right, the Israelites were the chosen people of God. They had been given the law. They had prophets. These were the people that God was, like, communicating with, and God had chosen them, right? This woman is one of those people. She knows God. She knows what he's done. She's heard the stories. But this woman was not someone who was looking to God day in, day out. There's no way. She was Clearly someone who was used to solving her problems on her own, weighing her options, trying to decide how to get done what needs to get done just with her own intellect, her own wisdom. And so in this moment, she's not turning to God and saying, man, it's bad. What am I supposed to do? Because if she had, God wouldn't have told her, ah, you should probably cook your kid and eat them, right? He wouldn't have told her to do that. She was, I don't know, delusional with hunger or whatever, but she was like, I have to do this in order to survive. Now, another story, different woman, 
Less scary? Okay, you're welcome. More scary. <laughs> oh, you guys are delightful. Um, so this woman, uh, this is, uh, I believe it's in Mark. Um, this woman, it says um, that she was suffering with an issue of blood for 12 years. Basically, um, she was bleeding internally or otherwise for like 12 years. She had been to all the doctors. She had spent all the money, had, had done all of the different things that, that people had suggested she do, and it wasn't, it wasn't getting any better. Okay? The difference between these two women is that when this woman is made aware of a man who says that he's the son of God, who is loving and merciful and wise, when she hears of Jesus, she goes to him. She had already done everything that she could think to do. She was at the end of her options, and she was at the end of herself. But Jesus, so she goes to him. It's a beautiful picture of faith. We've kind of just been touching on faith throughout because it's so, so important. But she, what she says before she even gets to him, she says, if I just touch the hem of his robe, if I just touch the clothes he's wearing, I don't even need him to like look me in the eyes and say my name and do this or that. I just need to like get close to him. And he's so powerful and he's so good and he's so loving that even getting close to him I will be healed. She did not doubt it. And she was. It's a really, really cool story. Has anybody watched The Chosen, the show The Chosen? So they, they like reenact this scene. It's really beautiful. Um, you should check it out. Um, these women, it could be said, were serving the master of survival, Right? In those moments of desperate times, have you guys heard that saying, desperate times call for desperate measures? Right? It's like, this is what I'm saying. We are not stronger than the outside forces that want to change our resolve. Right? Desperate times call for desperate measures means when things get worse, I'm going to do what I got to do. Right? When things out here change, I change. That's not, that's not what God has. That's not who Jesus was. He was true, unchanging, always loving, always good. That's what he's calling us to. So these, these women had these physical needs, but what about beneath the surface, the, those deeper needs that we all feel, right? The need to be loved and to love, right? We were made for that. The need for purpose. Why, are, why am I here? What am I doing, right? There are things that we experience that are deeper than our physical needs. Our physical needs are super important. But there is something inside that says, man, if I just had that thing, if I just went to that one really cool place, if I was in a relationship with that person, if I just made this much money, if I just had this many followers, if I could make these grades, if I was just a better 
person, if I was better at sports and better at music, if people appreciated my art, if people just told me that I was something, if I was more attractive, if I was thinner, if I was not so thin, if I was more fit, if I could sing better, if my videos just got more views. We tell ourselves, and oftentimes we believe that we can get to the top on our own. That that ache inside can be remedied by something that we can do. And it's just not true. And it's a lie as old as time itself. The book of Genesis, the very first book in the Bible, tells us a story of God forming and crafting the natural world and and us, humanity, with it. And everything was as it should be. Mankind was truly and really free. They were free from sin. They were free from death. They were free from disease and decay. They were in relationship with God, their creator. And it was as it should be. But some way, somehow, a lie got into that beautiful place that God had made. And God's enemy told the first people, I think, I think he doesn't have your best interests in mind. I think you got to take things into your own hands. You got to make your own decisions. You got to do things by yourself. And we've been believing that lie ever since. Now, here's, here's where we come in. I was not at the beginning of creation, were you? Right? Is it our fault that those people decided to break off that perfect relationship with God to end all of that beauty and peace? No, it is not our fault. But denying our reality that we were born into sinful families that live in sinful cities that are part of sinful countries in a world plagued by sin, denying that reality does us no favors. It's, it's closing our eyes and plugging our ears and saying, la, 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 everything's okay, everything's okay. It's ignorance, right? And this is not, <laughs> I'm not enjoying this right now. I don't, <laughs> this is not fun for me, right? Um, I don't, I'm not like looking forward to the time I can be like, hey, look how messed up everything is, right? Um, but, but honestly, like, This was true when you guys were like at the pool party earlier, right? We just either focus on it or we don't, right? This is just, it's just, it is what is. So I'm not trying to like punch you in the face, right? I'm just saying like, hey, let's be honest. Let's just like look at it and and be honest with ourselves about how things really are. And we would not... Well, I can't speak for you. I would not choose to live in the world as it is now, right? If it were up to me, I'd be like, yo, can I go back to the very beginning? I wouldn't make that mistake. I probably would. We can, you know, I like to believe I wouldn't, but I probably would. But here's the thing. 
there is, there's a lot of beauty in the world, right? <laughs> right? Doing this talk where it's like, oh, sin and death and blah. But you're like, mm, Matt Camp, I'm having a pretty good time. I've got good friends, <laughs> right? Like, people can be awesome. The world can be beautiful. I'm, I'm not telling you, like, there are strands of Christianity or whatever that are just like, the world is awful, just hunker down until Jesus comes. It's like, no, that's not true. God made the world that we live in, right? Like rivers are beautiful and singing is, is nice to listen to, whether it's like a hymn or like a pop song on the radio. Like God made people with the ability to sing. Like there's lots of really cool stuff. But just like the poop brownies we talked about the other night, we can't deny the brokenness and just close our eyes or blind parts off. You got to look at everything all together. There is beauty and there is brokenness. And the Christian says, God, thank you for this beauty. God, help me with this brokenness. Romans chapter 5, Paul's writing to the church in Rome. He says this, when Adam sinned, that's that first man, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. From the sin of this one man, Adam brought death to many, for Adam's sin led to condemnation. For the sin of this one man, Adam caused death to rule over many. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone because one person disobeyed God. Many became sinners. It's very redundant, but he's really trying to drive this point home. That was all it took. It's like, uh, who did the dunk tank the other night? Okay, did you know that entire dunk tank, there's like gallons and gallons of water in there. It takes like hours to fill up. But there's just this one tiny little plug on the back that you unscrew and the whole thing empties, right? That's, that, that is like what Adam did in reverse. <laughs> he, 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 he did this one little sin of saying, I don't believe God has my best interest in mind. I'm going to do this thing. But when he did, it opened this, this door and sin just came rushing in. And now we experience death, disease, war, racism, poverty, injustice, all these things. We look around and say, God, why? But here's the thing, friends, and this is really important. Everybody look up when I say this. This is really important that we understand this and believe this. This is not what God wanted for us ever. It's not. He loves you so much. He loves people so much. He gave us the freedom to choose. If he programmed us to love him, we would be robots, and it would not be a real relationship. He gave us the freedom to choose, and we chose not him. And then the bad things came. We so often want to look at God and say, this and that, I lost my mom to cancer when I was 10 years old. It messed me up for a long time, but I'm standing here today to tell you I feel okay about it. And I did not get there on my own. And I'm not... Like, like, it still hurts, but it doesn't make me question God's goodness, right? 
because he didn't, he didn't do it. He never wanted that for her. He never wanted me as a child to experience that and go through that pain and suffering. Everybody's life is hard. Everybody has mess that they go through, has pain, has heartbreak. And it breaks God's heart too. I don't know what you've been told or what you believe about him. He is not up there taking any joy from your suffering, no matter how sinful you've been. He is that father from that story who is longing for his children to come home to him. And the thought of them out there suffering breaks his heart. So this isn't the end of the story, right? Already kind of spoiler alert talked about Jesus. <laughs> but I'm going to leave you guys with this right now. Okay? We have a few more days. And I think it's really important that we allow this to just kind of simmer. Um, it's important. I'm not telling you that you need to think about this for the rest of tonight or the rest of the week. I just want you to sit with it long enough to like hit you. We're not okay. I know it, you know it, and God knows it. We don't, we don't, we want to be okay, and he wants that for us too. So let's just sit and be honest with ourselves about how we're not okay. And once we get to that place, my challenge to you, my encouragement to you, as someone who has been through some suffering, and because of God, and only because of God, have I come through on the other side. Once you've sat with this for a while, I want to encourage you to ask him, what do I do? What's next? Listen, if you don't think he's real, nothing's going to happen. If you don't think he's good, then don't, don't follow whatever your heart, whatever he speaks into your heart. But it can't hurt to ask. And maybe, just maybe, where he leads you from here will be what's best for you. I believe that. That's what I'm praying for you. That's what your counselors are praying for you. Do it and see what happens. God, we thank you for your love for us. We don't have to look too far, not even with outside of ourselves, uh, to acknowledge and recognize brokenness and the darkness that exists in the world because it exists inside of us. And I'm talking about me. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to cast shade on people who don't know you. Like, even Christians, we still struggle with the, the, the brokenness and the darkness. Um, but God, help us to believe that, uh, that your love is stronger and greater. And help us to believe, no matter what we've thought about you or heard about you, to really give you the chance to speak into our life, your love and your peace.
peace, the hope that you offer. It's only because, we can only do that because of Jesus, so it's in his name that we pray. Amen. For small groups tonight, this is the focus. We've been talking about complete freedom. What we're talking about tonight is the complete lack of freedom. As um, Paul says in the book of Romans, everyone has sinned and fallen short of God's standard. And the wage of that sin, what we earn for that sin is death. So this complete lack of freedom, we are not free from sin. We are not free from death. And we have been separated from God. Again, not the end of the story, but let's sit with this tonight. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.